workaholic, work ethic, happiness and purpose. Do I consider myself a workaholic? What an interesting question. When I worked at Kohl's, I gained this feeling of satisfaction when I could walk out in the store and at the end of the night, everything looked perfectly faced up and every apple was in its place and everything was full and looked great and everything was clean. And I could look around and go, yeah, it's good. When I was at university, I would make sure I did the enough work every day. Um, I wouldn't overwork myself, but I plan out everything. So, you know, I could do 20% this day, 20% that day, 20% that day. So I wouldn't feel overwhelmed, but I, I, I could feel like I'm progressing towards my goals, completing assessments or, or doing certain study things. When I worked repairing hearing aids, I liked doing the jobs fast and having more jobs done than anyone else. But I never like overworked myself at any of these jobs. Like when my hour was done at Coles, I was gone. I was, I was flash out of there like I was teleporting, like just you, the 9 p.m. gone, I'm home. If I can leave a few minutes early, happy with that too. When I worked repairing hearing aids, you know, maybe, maybe I want to stay on lunch another five minutes. You know, when I did my uni work, I'd be sure to take those breaks. I, you know, I would, I would do, do work so I know I'm getting to the end, but I, uh, I wouldn't like just overwork myself and stay up 24 hours or just finishing a job, you know? The only reason you might consider me a workaholic with what I do now is just because what I do now is really, 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 really rewarding. Like, both mentally and financially, really rewarding. Uh, to, to, to use an example, Ludwig's Subathon, that looks amazingly taxing. Holy shit, how annoying would that be? Couple of hundred thousand dollars though, and suddenly you're a workaholic, you know what I'm saying? It's not hard to work really hard if there's an actual a, a result of your work that you can tangibly see and that you really love doing what you're doing. People who are unmotivated to work, it's not like they wouldn't work in some circumstances. It's that they don't see the reward. They don't see it worth it, you know? Like a person can be the, like the laziest motherfucker alive at their job and they can go home and grind 10 hours straight on the exact same mobs in World of Warcraft to get it to drop a pet. If you if you care about the reward and you see uh, some actual positive effects of the extra effort that you're putting in, people can people can, people can do stuff. You know, as as I say, you, you can't blame people for putting in the minimal effort when they're paid uh, the bare minimum at, at their job, working at nine to five. Studies found that rewards like money at the job don't motivate motivate the workers. I wonder how they did the study though, because surely. Like, feeling appreciated at your job must have some measure of uh, impact. That kind of statement would just depend on the job, I think. Maybe even the person or how the money is given. Stock options are very, very motivating at my company. I mean, certainly if you own a piece of the company and the success of the company is directly felt by you. Um, what's it called? Um, workers' co-ops or whatever, where everyone working for the company has like a, a legitimate investor interest. Like if the company is profitable, they receive some of that profit. Of course, people are gonna be motivated um, in what they do. Like I can't imagine, for example, if you offered someone a billion dollars to increase their productivity by 10%, I sincerely fucking doubt that wouldn't work. Who the hell wouldn't work temporarily harder for a billion dollars? The statement money doesn't motivate people 
Uh, I, I, I can't, like, that, that, that broad of a statement can't be true. Because you can clearly think of extremes where that would be true. Everyone has a price, but people will take a lower paying job. Uh, it, it all depends. All these statements just, it depends. Because certainly you wouldn't take a substantially lower paying job, right? Or one that has less job security. Because it's, it's, it's as I always say, all decisions are a matter of um, the pro and cons of what you're currently doing versus the pro and cons of what you're going to be doing, right? I mean, Sal, if, uh, if you have that study, send it to me. I'd be interested to read it. Because it wouldn't surprise me if in some circumstances money does not inspire people. It just, it, for me, it would just depend on what is being done and what is being offered. Because you can definitely conceptually think of how, as I say, at the extremes, that can't possibly be true. Context depend probably, yeah. With a lot of studies, they just can't be generalized. And it's often unfortunate, like the, the researchers will often like explicitly say, Oh, well, the extent to which this can be generalized to uh, the entire economy is uh, skept skeptical of that possibility. And then, like, some will write a, a news report like, Oh my god, this proves definitively X is bad. Or whatever. It's like, ah, oh, fuck off, you know? Researchers are, in general, quite open about the, uh, you know, degree to which their work can be generalized to anything. But the that kind of gets lost in translation when people either report on it or they just, uh... They just read the results or whatever. Money motivates you up to a point if you earn 200k, then 250k is not a main motivator. So, um, th this is another one. The amount of studies that have said like, oh, you know, money only makes you happy up to this point. Like, the, th there's, there's endless amounts of studies that come to the conclusion that uh, money, getting more money doesn't necessarily make you happier. But the amount of money that they say is the, the, the peak is always different. It just depends on how you're calculating it, or what you're talking about, or who the sample is. Like, 250k is a, d a different amount of money, depending upon what country you're talking about. How much that would put you above the average person, or above the poverty line, or whatever, is, uh, is very different. And how you're making that money, I think, matters a lot as well. You'd rather be rich and unhappy than poor and unhappy, so yay for money. I mean, at least if you're rich and unhappy, you have more options to solve your unhappiness. Or the odds of things getting worse for you is less. Money, just in general, gives you more options and protects you from your know, changes in your environment that could potentially negatively impact you. You know? If you have enough money to buy a new car, then the possibility of your car, you know, becoming too damaged to use is no longer a big issue. The more money you have, the more hobbies that you can effectively afford to investigate and actually do. Given that some hobbies actually require an amount of money to do. The amount of places you can go, the amount of things you can do just goes up. So the amount of potential solutions you have to fucking anything goes up. You've seen those reports of those junior analysts and investment banks? No. Um, unless you're talking about how these people sleep four hours a day, are always working uh, you know, they're, they're working 18, 20 hours a day, making fuck tons of money, but that's all they fucking do. As, as, as I was saying before, it, it depends on how the money is being made. There are some people who are sitting on your, their asses all day, doing nothing. They have, you know, two hours of work a day, and they're making 100k a year. And there are other people who are working 20 hours a day, who are also making 100k a year. Your quality of life there is going to be very different. There is an interesting uh, statement made by Wreckful. For those who don't know, he's a, a Twitch streamer who committed suicide. But he made a statement 
when he, because he suffered from depression like a long time, but he's all, he was always very wealthy. He was actually the richest streamer that I knew of. And he said, I wish I was poor because then I would have something to do. And people hated him for this statement, but it was just, he was like, he had nothing to fight for. He had no real, real worries. And he just felt like if he had that battle every day, it would improve his circumstances. Like he, he would no longer feel that emptiness that he had. Um, I'm not saying that's true necessarily, but that level of uh, not having something to, to push for, to strive for, um, that's something that's going to be damaging, regardless of how much money you have, right? So I got distracted by someone saying, someone saying privilege shit in here, my dude. My dude, the guy literally killed himself. He literally was so depressed that he killed himself. And he tried to explain why. And your response was, that's some privileged shit. Fuck you. The reason I brought up Wreckful's statement is, when I heard it, I thought it was so absurd. But as I've gone on in life, I really want to see a study that breaks down, not happiness by income, but just looking at people who make above average income and trying, trying to classify them based on how they make that money as to how happy they are. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm interested if, like these people who, who lay around and collect money, do they have satisfying lives compared to people who, let's say they don't overwork themselves. Let's say they're making 200k a year or something, don't overwork themselves. Like, I, I want to think that a person who, you know, works a 9 to 5, 5 days a week, could be potentially happier than a person who has nothing to do but collects 200k a year. But you can imagine that not being true, but you can also imagine it being true. Like, work does give people satisfaction, uh, depending upon what they do. Gives you something to do, something to strive for. But clearly, a lot of people are just stuck in completely dead-end jobs that are just soul-crushing. And that can be the case regardless of what income you make. It's, it's just it's just so hard to make general statements about everyone. <laughs> it's always just like, it depends, you know. I don't think that is possible to measure. Oh no, it's, it's, I'd say it's possible. Like for me, because AdSense goes up or down depending upon the month, I make more or less money from YouTube based on the month. I don't think my satisfaction with my life or job changes. Maybe it's too small of a increase or reduction. I just really like what I do. Sometimes when I tell myself like, oh man, I think you spend too much of your time editing or streaming or whatever, you should probably be like, getting real life friends and relationships and stuff. I'm like, do I really care about those things? Or do I tell myself I should care about those things? <laughs> you know? Your lifestyle does not change on a month to month basis? Yeah. YouTube's inconsistent automated content ID. I was going to release Chaos Rat, but I have a sponsor in the video, which isn't the reason I couldn't release it. The reason I couldn't release it is because I upload two versions of the video, one without the sponsor and one with the sponsor. The video with the sponsor, an hour and a half in, it detects the song that's on Fame or Shame. Nothing about the sponsor changes the song, but in the non-sponsored episode version of the video, um, it doesn't pick up the song. It doesn't make any sense. It's the exact same section. YouTube and its automated system sometimes uh, doesn't do too well. Is GTA's prologue a good mission and modding it to skip it in speedruns? I mean, given how the, you know, the Project 1.27 exists and that does make small modifications to the game. Not the gameplay though, but I'm saying like a reality where we allowed for the skipping of the cutscenes in Prologue 
If there was enough of a push for it, it could probably be done. It's just like, the, those cutscenes are not that long or that annoying, you know? Especially because it's not like all one sequence. Which is in a way annoying and good, like, because you, you don't have to sit there for minutes on end, but... If you did have to sit there minutes on end, you could just, you know, go take a break and go to the bathroom or whatever. What I'm saying is we aren't in Super Mario Sunshine territory where there's just like... Was eight minutes of cutscenes and like 30 seconds of gameplay at the beginning? Maybe I'm biased, but I still look at Prologue as a very good intro to the game. Has good gameplay, a sense of mystery, you know, jumps right into the action like immediately. Gives an immediate sense of who the characters are. Isn't too long, isn't too short. Works as a bit of a tutorial because it uh, removes some of your options and you, know, you can't use your phone and stuff, and it gives you opportunity just to use the basic controls. The way that they introduced uh, the special abilities, though, leads a little bit to be desired, given how many people apparently played without using them at all. But they try to incorporate explanations of certain things into, like, the gameplay itself, where, like, you know, a character will say, you should go to the shooting range and practice your shooting. Or Lamar's like, hey, you know, we should do some jet ski races. Or, like, just straight-up side missions that, like, you know, Franklin side mission introduces street races and stuff. I mean, I th honestly, maybe it's just people are dumb, because they, I think they did a decent job, I suppose, thinking about it now. Like, like Lamar saying, like, you should, you should do that squinty eye thing you do, or whatever. Um, and it pops up on the side and says, hey, you should use your special ability. Like, if you don't know at that point, I mean, that's your fault. What is my earliest memory? What is the earliest memory I can recall? Uh... What I think of as my earliest memory is definitely not my earliest memory. It's just a memory of me watching a video of myself when I was a kid. It's like I can remember getting my dog when I was, I don't know, like a tiny kid. And uh, you can guarantee that was just a, a video. Or like me in some, you know, kid's contraption or whatever, like as a baby or whatever. But that, you know, it's, you can guarantee it's just a video. I can remember my mother giving me cheat codes for Echo the Dolphin on Sega. Um, that's, that's probably a real memory. I can remember enjoying the motorbikes in the movie Grease. Or getting scratched by my dog. Playing with my sister in the sand pit and getting really annoyed that she started to sing. It's vague memories and who knows to what extent any of them are really real, you know? My mother putting toys that I want up in a cupboard for me to buy with my pocket money if I do my chores. And those toys sitting there for fucking forever, because I just would so irregularly do my chores. Cleaning my sister's room and being sad that she didn't appreciate it. I think all these memories would be before six, and that's about all of them, I think. Do I miss my family? I see my family all the time. I mean, I wouldn't say all the time. Um, like, time just flies by. I have so much to do every day that I just don't really think about, like, oh my god, time is flying, ah, you know. I've seen them at family gatherings and stuff. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen my sister maybe a year, but, um, because she lives in Germany, but, who is older, my, my, uh, my sister's older by two or so years. Why pacifist doesn't get worked on? <sighs> I really need to work on pacifist. I really need to work on a lot of things. Pacifist should be a higher priority. Of all the content that I make, pacifist has the least immediacy. Usually when it gets around a month old, then it feels more immediate, so I immediately drop everything and uh, work on it. But we've gotten to the point where we're <laughs> two months between episodes is not unheard of. I more want it done so I can have it done as opposed to 
wanting it done for views or something, right? Because it doesn't, its viewership doesn't compare when it, when it comes to, like, it, relative to the amount of work that goes into the episode, the viewership just isn't worth it. What I would normally do in the past is, like, take a break from streaming or do very tiny streaming for, like, five days to get pacifist done. But I don't want to do that now. I want to do Oko. I want to finish this run so badly. Like, if I finish this run, then the question of when does he complete pacifist is just, you know, I could, I could just dedicate every day to it if I want to. I see pacifist as having stakes as well. Is he going to avoid all damage in this episode? How much damage is he going to take? How is he going to solve these problems that get presented? Because that's the best episodes of pacifist where some problem is presented and it's like, how can this possibly be fucking solved? E.g. the Blitzplay episode. Optometrist versus sponsored content. So I called my optometrist. And so I set up a time for me to finally go in and get my contacts checked out and so I can get some new ones. And then, like, hours after hanging up the phone, I agreed to do some sponsored streams on that exact day. It's like, well, guess I have to call him back again. Ugh. Worst of all, I know I'm going in for, like, it's a pointless reason to go in. Like, it's just, it's precaution. It's like, Got to make sure that the contact is sitting in my eye and there's not like a, I don't know, build up a blood or something underneath. I know exactly what he says, but it's one of those things where you just, it just, it, it pays to be cautious when you uh, get a new prescription or a new type of contact. Sponsored streams of dance game? I haven't done very many in my life. Because they, you have to dedicate a lot of time to them. But the money's worth it and the game looks interesting. Why not wear glasses? Uh, I don't like them. I haven't worn glasses since I was in like the 7th or 8th eight, grade. And wearing contacts for like 15 plus years. Now I, I take my contacts out once a month. I have quote unquote breathable contacts. They are still as not as uh, sanitary as uh, contacts that you take out every day and clean, but still good. It's part of the reason why I don't uh, cheap out on the contacts. I get some uh, pretty damn high quality ones. My autobotrist once said, you know, you get what you pay for and it's your eyes, so you probably don't want to be uh, cheaping out on that thing. Now, I don't remove them when I sleep now. Adobe sponsors streams. Sometimes Adobe sponsors people to edit stuff on stream. Really? I've never heard of that. You would assume that they would only sponsor, like, professional editors or something, right? Like, I don't view myself as a amazingly technical editor or something. I can do what I need to do, and if I can't, then I Google it. And, you know... I still haven't played the new Among Us map. Please play Among Us? It's funny that I still have not played the new map of Among Us. I'm just fairly indifferent to it. It's, it's, I suppose it's not that I don't want to play Among Us, it's that I want to do Oko. When you ask me a question, what do you want to do? Or do you want to do this? The answer is usually yes, but I want to do Oko, you know? Could I hypothetically do no damage consistently? Hypothetically speaking, let's say that I completed a run, but I kept playing. I just kept going over and over and over again. Eventually, I would experience all the very unlikely ways that a run can fail, and I would devise strats to avoid those things, and eventually the run would become more consistent. So you could say, with every run, the run becomes more consistent. And so, hypothetically speaking, if I just did it forever, uh, it'd eventually become a consistent run. It still wouldn't really be a good speed run, though. Because most of what this run is, is, um, you know, strats, as opposed to execution, kind of. 
As in like with a no damage run for Dark Souls, you can get better and better and better at dodging. And over time it becomes way more consistent and easy because your skill increases. This, it's more about remembering all the strategies that you're meant to do. There's only so far that skill can go without knowledge, the strats, to actually just avoid any possibility of damage entirely. Because I can't dodge bullets. I can only put myself in situations where the, I, I can't be shot. I don't think anyone watching Oko is expecting speedrun strats. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, most speedrun strats do give damage to you or increase your chance of damage. I just mean that um, other no damage runs do end up getting speedrun as like minor categories and stuff, mainly Dark Souls. Because it is possible for the strategies to be so consistent or the game just in general be easy enough to like that you can truly master it, that you can play with the um, added qualification that you can't take damage. But that isn't the case here. Again, Oko is short for no damage run, guys. It means one hit KO. I confuse so many people with that. It's like Oko, one hit KO, exists not just in this game. Like, I, I would assume that one hit KO or one hit knockout or whatever would just be a term that everyone would be uh, uh, familiar with, you know? Keep in mind, if a person started doing this run right now, uh, they would make a lot swifter progress than I did in the beginning because they could skip the months upon months where I didn't have these strategies. Like if you went back in time and gave me the strategies I'm using now, then I would obviously finish far, far faster. The process of the year hasn't been me with these strategies trying to solve the run. It's been me slowly but surely finding all the ways that I can fail and devising strategies to reduce the likelihood of those things occurring. If you just gave me the end results, I'd be done much faster. That is kind of what frustrates me when people message me and say, oh, I'm, I'm going to do Oko as well. I'm like, well, you, I really hope you don't use the strategies I made over the last year to do it before me. You know? The fear of someone beating me to it has caused me to play suboptimally. Because rather than spend a day devising a handful more strategies to make things more reliable, I keep doing runs, knowing that I can hypothetically succeed. I just have to get that little bit more lucky, you know? A part of the reason I've been uh, viewers have been able to give me, like, what the two, three strats they have is because those missions were already, you know, 95% fine, and I just didn't want to spend the time to, to look into it. I, like, I think I would have been done by now if I had just bitten the bullet, accepted that shooting wasn't the best strategy on Minor Turbulence, and just went for explosives. Furthest I've gotten is the wrapper. Why do you narrate all the intros for Oko instead of doing it once in post and posting that into the video? Like, I, I don't know why people ask this question, and it gets asked every time. It's so it seems more natural. I explain it differently every time. A voiceover feels so impersonal, and it's... It's just worse. It feels out of place. I, I can't even have the audio for the game and the music and stuff as easily in there either. And you see me on screen, my mouth moving to, to different lines, but uh, there's a voiceover playing. It, it just, it's just worse. Certainly, um, when the when the explanation or intro is bad, I do it in, uh, a voiceover, but that's just, just, just to solve a problem, you know? Yeah, certainly one thing I've got going for me is that apparently uh, how effective alt strat is depends on your settings in um, NVIDIA. And I don't know exactly what settings cause it to work more. I sent my settings to a guy and he used them and it, then it worked better for him. Because I've got all my stuff set on performance and stuff. Or do I have it on graphics? I'm not even sure. But your graphics settings matter for how effective Ulster is. 
Oh, we, we know distance scaling is one setting in the game that matters. Wouldn't lower FPS be better for Ultrat? Doesn't seem to be. It does suck a little bit that Ultrat has denied me the quest to find other strats for certain sections. Yeah, so if Ults, if if Oko hadn't taken me as long as it has, like if I had succeeded on the 18th attempt or whatever it was with um when I when I took that one damage in Dirap, if I had succeeded, I may have continued and gone for a run without Alt Strat. But like, the average viewer isn't gonna give a shit, you know? Do I care enough to do a run without Alt Strat? Not presently, no. I'll get my video, I'll get my title, I'll achieve the thing that I want to achieve. Because some viewers hate Alt Strat, I just view it as a strategy in the game. But it's an inelegant strategy. Having like, unique strategies for every mission and stuff is cool. And just throwing Alt Strat at any problem, it's an, Alt Strat is an inelegant solution and uh, a reality where there were strats to make things secure in all those spots would be better. Do I enjoy Oko at this point? Yes. Except that I feel bad because I, I feel like I'm always going to fail kind of thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have the same entertainment value for me as it did on my 20th try or something. I still enjoy it. A lot of it though is um, still the new strat finding and implementing those strats. The soul crushing pain when I fail, probably not worth it. <laughs> but I want to succeed so badly. How many attempts? I have no idea. Definitely something that will be counted at the end. GT5 have no damage run or you have damage seen or scripted. The, the only scripted damage is in the ending with Michael. Then again though, I've never tried to uh, avoid that damage. I just don't know of any way you could possibly avoid it. Because he's meant to shoot you, that's the point. Yeah, but potentially ult could fix it, or like you could trigger the cutscene and then like fall off onto a car or something and then he wouldn't have the line of sight. Like, it's something that I haven't bothered to try to fix, but it's the one place where the game tends to want to be like, hey yo, you're meant to take damage here, you know? I don't know that Oko has really helped me grow, it's just more given me content for YouTube. As in, like, if I had continued in speedrunning, I don't think speedrunning or Oko would have really made a difference in terms of um, how much people watch me or whatever, whatever, right? But the clips channel was very important. Oko is much more entertaining. I don't know about that, dude. The speedrun is uh, pretty good these days. Opacifus has brought in heaps of people. The uh, four most important stuff in my career online, um, in for growth, I mean is uh, facts and Glitches, then Pacifist, then Chaos, then the Clips channel. I mean, it, before that, I guess you could say starting speedrunning GTA 5. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel. It costs you nothing, and I wish you all the best.